Lord, we open our hearts to you. We do not struggle with you today. Uh, we, are, we approach the word of God with a spirit of meekness. Uh, we say, God, uh, we, 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 we give our ear to you this morning. We, we respond to your spirit. Lord, I thank you by grace. Uh, I thank you for your grace upon my life. I step into that grace by faith right now. Your grace that makes preaching easy and hearing the word of God a sweet delight. Let the life of the word empower your people to prosper in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn your Bibles this morning, book of John, uh, the gospel of John chapter 1. Uh, we're going to start there this morning. Uh, the Gospel of John chapter 1. I'm going to start from verse 12. I would say that this is the third part of um, what was more or less an unpublished series I began a few weeks ago. Uh, the first message in this series was called, In Adam All Die, and All Means All. You ought to get that CD. If you haven't got it already, faith comes not by having heard, but faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So everybody ought to have a copy of that CD, and Adam all die. And then the next CD was uh, one we did last week, uh, where it says, in Christ all live. Amen. In Adam all die, and in Christ all live. And today I've titled this message this morning, uh, Growing in Him, Growing in Christ. Growing in Christ. John chapter 1, verse 12. John chapter 1, verse 12, it says that but as many as received him, to them, to them he gave the right or the power to become. Everyone said the rights to become. The power to become. It says to as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who who believed in his name. You know, the new birth, as we call it, or being born again, is not the end, it is the beginning. Everybody here. Being filled with the Holy Spirit and um, having the ability to speak with other tongues was not in God's mind the, um, the goal of salvation. It was the beginning. Being born again is a doorway into a new life. And last week we spoke about the fact that you and I have the life of God. But it's a bit like a child being born and um, the child is given life. But how many of you know that being born or having life is not the goal of living? Are you with me? I mean, if I saw you as a 40-year-old man and I asked you a question and said, you know, how is life going with you? What is going on in your life? And if you said, oh, Carlton... I'm having some exciting times. Come over, let me show you some pictures. And you, you bring out your wallet and you bring out a picture of when you were a little baby. And say, wasn't I a cute baby? And I say, yes, you were a cute baby. And you bring another um, picture of you suckling on your mom's breast. And I say, man, that's disgusting. You're a 40 year old man. You know, why are you showing me pictures about your birth? Are you with me? Because the life you have is meant to be expressed in more than rejoicing about the fact that you've been born. So the goal of the new birth, the goal of redemption, um, the, the introduction of the new birth was not meant to be an end in itself, but a beginning. The Bible says that those who received him, he gave them power to become. Power to become. 
You have received power to become something. And that is uh, what we're going to spend some time looking at this morning. Power to become. You know, I said last week that God's answer to man's need was not a new set of laws, but a new creation. The purpose of redemption was to bring us into this new creation life. And in that life, we are meant to grow. But I want to begin by establishing the fact that God's, the answer or the reason for redemption or the purpose of redemption was to bring about a new creation. The joy that Jesus saw before him, the joy that caused him to endure the cross, the joy that caused him to despise the shame of hanging naked on the cross, was that he knew that through his death, a new way was going to be made for a new species of being that never existed before. If you look at, um, and that is where it all begins. If we look at Ezekiel 36, let's look at Ezekiel 36 very quickly this morning. Um, I looked at this briefly last week, but let us uh, use this as a jumping off point this morning. In Ezekiel 36, God, by prophetic insight, gave um, Ezekiel an opening or revelation of his plan and his purpose. In Ezekiel 36, verse 25, the Lord said, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from your idols. I will give you a new heart. Now, now notice God was saying that, you know, Ezekiel, this old, the Old Testament is fulfilling its purpose. And that purpose is the fact that it's revealing the fact that man of his own cannot um, achieve the requirements and the standards of God. I'm going to do a new thing. I'm going to reveal my actual plan and purpose. And notice what we are meant to do in this equation and what God is meant to do. In verse 25, he said, I will what? I will sprinkle. So God is saying, I'm going to take responsibility for sprinkling clean water on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from your idols. You know, you will never be able to cleanse yourself from your filthiness and your idols. You can try. He says, Ezekiel, I will cleanse you. You know, for generations upon generations, Israel had, had, had uh, demonstrated that they needed more than laws to redeem them. Because for every law they had, they broke it. They tried and failed. God said, I am bringing about something new. I will sprinkle you with clean water. I will cleanse you from your filthiness and your idols. I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh. And I will give you... A heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will keep my judgments and you will do them. You know the New Testament theology or New Testament thinking. Or New Testament understanding begins with this thing of a new creation. Everyone say a new creation. 
Look at the book of Galatians chapter 6 verse 15. Galatians chapter 6 verse 15. It all begins with a new creation. John 1.12 says that he has given us power to become. He has given us this new life. And as a result of this new life, we can become what God has ordained us to be. Power to become. Power to become. Power to become. To become something, you have to use the material that you have been given. But until you and I accept, until you and I recognize, until you and I believe and declare what we have been given, we will remain little children. Galatians 6.15 Paul writing to the, the, the saints in Galatia said, For in Christ neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. Everyone say avails anything. Or in other words, neither circumcision or uncircumcision is of any use. Are you with me? You know, there's some things that have no value. He says, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it is not about whether you are circumcised or not circumcised that is the issue. You know, circumcision was a sign. It was an external sign of people's relationship with God or the Jewish nation's relationship with God. It was an external sign of righteousness. Paul was saying that it is not the external sign that is important, but what is happening on the inside. It is not about how you look on the outside. It is not about, you know, how you try to do the right thing on the outside. No, it is about what is going on inside. He said it's not the external forms of righteousness that are going to make a difference. It, what is going on on the inside? He says, in Christ, neither circumcision no, uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. You know, when Jesus said, by their fruits, we shall know them. I believe that that is one of the most um, misunderstood verses in the Bible. You know, we see a Christian and we say, you know what? He can't be a Christian because the Bible says, by what? Their fruits, you shall know them. Now, the Bible does say that, and that is true. But a fruit is an external manifestation of, of an internal nature. Everyone here. It is an expression of something that is going on on the inside. Now, what is then happening is that people are trying to, you know, um, you know produce works of righteousness on the outside that are not coming from an internal nature, and they're calling that fruit. That is not fruit. Everybody here. Paul says it is not the circumcision or uncircumcision that is what makes any difference. The issue is a new creation. Kenneth Taylor's paraphrase puts it this way. He says, it does not make any difference now whether you have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether we really have been changed into new and different people. Has God, has God done something to us? Has this experience with Jesus Christ changed us into new and different people? 
is our external behavior being powered by the fact that we are actually we have actually been changed on the inside or is it being powered by human will it says circumcision or uncircumcision mean, makes no difference the power of redemption is a new creation have we actually been changed into new and different people what is the truth concerning this is the new creation a hope that we have or have you and I really been changed? What do you believe about yourself? Do you believe that you are a new person or do you believe that you're just trying to become like one? You know, in the book of John chapter 8, verse 31, look at John 8, 31. Because our growth in Christ really begins from this place of answering the question concerning our identity. Who are you and I really? What is the truth concerning our salvation? What do you believe about that? Look at John chapter 8 verse 31. It says, Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. It says, if you continue in my word, you will be my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth. The word know there is a Greek word which means that a truth that is experienced. It is not just, it is not just some kind of uh, accumulation of facts but a reality that you have come to understand by experience. It says, if you continue in my word, you will know the truth. You will know the reality. Everyone say reality. When the Bible speaks about truth, it speaks about reality. What is the reality concerning your salvation? What is the reality? The word truth there is a Greek word aletheia, which really means that the reality behind all apparent reality. The truth, the real truth. Not something that looks real, but when you investigate further, is not actually real. What is real concerning your salvation? What really happened when you gave your life to Jesus? What is the real truth? Can you count on your senses to be the basis of what you believe concerning what is true. Can you count on how you feel? Can you count on what you see? Can you count on what you taste and what, you, what, what your touch feels like? Can you count on your instincts as being the basis for validating truth? What is the truth? What actually happened to you? You know, concerning this thing about instincts... There was a story I read a few weeks ago, which, um, which really um, helped me get clarity on the fact that, you know, you can't really believe what you see in terms of understanding truth. Um, JFK Jr., John F. Kennedy Jr. died in, um, he died in a plane crash in July 1999. Everyone know who JFK Jr. is or was? Really smart looking guy, 
you know, very handsome guy. You know, I, I mean, I, um, if looks could make you president, I, I thought he made it, he looked like a good president. But he died in this plane crash in 1999. He had his wife with him and his sister-in-law. And he had learned to fly. I mean, he got his, uh, he had his private pilot's license. He had actually gone a bit further and learned to, to fly with instruments. But, but the reason why his plane crashed, uh, in technical terms, well, why he, 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 um, his plane crashed was he failed to keep the wings of the plane level. Yeah? So he was flying and the wings weren't level. And this is actually quite critical because when a plane banks to one side, it begins to turn. Yeah? If the wings are not level and it just banks slightly, it begins to turn. And when it begins to turn, it begins to lose some of its vertical lift. So it turns and it goes down. Yeah? Everyone with me so far? And if you don't correct it quickly, yeah, it actually increases. So um, the, the, progr the, the, the progression increases. So it turns a little bit. You don't correct it. It starts turning again. And, and it, it, it starts going into this, um, you know, they call it a, 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 a graveyard um, dive. Yeah? Um, and, and if you don't correct it, it, it keeps turning and it keeps going down. And all of a sudden, it starts diving um, all the way down. Now, now, why didn't he correct it? I mean, you would have thought that somebody's flying. Yeah? Your wings, are, your wings have turned and you are going down. You will correct it, right? Well, if he had been flying during the day or he had been flying at night when there was a clear moon, he would have corrected it because, I mean, when you're in a cockpit, you can easily see um, your horizon, yeah? And you can tell that your wings are not straight, yeah? But unfortunately, um, JFK Jr. was not flying during the day. He was flying at night. And it, it so happened that on this particular night, there was no moon. It was like a new moon, so it was pitch darkness. I know when it is dark on the outside, the horizon disappears. There's no external reference point. So you don't know what is going on. And the physics of flying is such that an airplane in the midst of a turn always feels perfectly level to somebody inside the cabin. So you are turning, but it fit, everything just feels level. You are going down, but it feels level. And that is why pilots are, you know, when there is, when there is no visibility... Pilots are trained to use their instruments. Everybody here. That's why they call it instrument rating. So even when everything is dark, your instruments tell you exactly what is going on. You are taught to fly by instruments. You can't trust your instincts because you may be in a graveyard spiral and yet not feel any different. You can't trust what you see. You can't trust what you feel. You can't trust what it sounds like. You've got to trust the instruments because the instruments are actually telling you the truth. So there are times when something can feel counterintuitive or it can feel not quite right, but yet it is true. Everybody here. So when it comes to salvation and what happened to you, um, you can't always depend on how you feel. Because feelings are great until it's dark. Everybody here. And that's why the Bible says, Jesus was speaking to the disciples and said, when you follow my word, you will know the truth. You will know the reality. 
And that reality will make you free. Anytime we're in any kind of bondage, it is because there's a reality that we are not aware of. There is a level of truth that we haven't come into understanding about. In John 17, 17, Jesus praying said, Father, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is truth. Your word is the instrument rating. Your word is the reality. Your word is the reality behind every reality. God separate them from the world through your truth. It is the word that brings us into reality concerning the truth of our lives. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 19. We are talking about the new creation this morning. We are talking about the life of the new creation. We are talking about growth in him. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. Peter's epistle is before John's epistle. 1 Peter chapter 1, let us start from verse 19. Okay. I seem to have... Uh, the wrong reference here. Hallelujah. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 19. I'll actually start from verse 16. Sets the context of it. It says, For we do not follow cunningly devised fables. When we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed. Which you do well to heed. Everyone say do well to heed. As to a light that shines in a dark place. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first. That no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy neither came by the will of man. But holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So Peter in his epistle is saying, you know, the things that we are talking about are not just some kind of concoction of human philosophy. Yeah, this is the word of God and the word of God is truth. And you do well to take heed to it. As to a light in a dark place. When you are in a dark place, the, the, the things you see and feel and touch and taste are not good indi indications of reality. Everybody here. There is a light that is shining in a dark place. And if you take heed to it, your life will be changed and you will walk in the purpose of God. But you are going to have to do things that seem counterintuitive. You are going to have to choose to do things and believe certain things that you may not feel like, you may not see, but you know they are truth because your heart has come to understand that truth 
is defined by the word of God. The word of God is what defines reality. You know, in Hebrews chapter 11, we have a record of what we have come to call the heroes of faith. And the Bible says in Hebrews 11 verse 3, that through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now the world worlds there is not talking about the earth. It's talking about the ages or the experience of man. And, and Hebrews 11 goes on to, um, to chronicle men who framed their world with the word of God. Who experienced the impossible? Do you and I want to experience the impossible in our world today? Well, then we're going to have to do what they did. It says the worlds were framed by the word of God. These people contained in Hebrews 11 chose to accept the word of God as truth. And they chose to frame their experience of life with the word of God. You know, you can frame your experience of life with what you do with the word of God. What reality have you trained your heart to embrace as truth? What reality have you framed your heart? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Samson, Jephthah, all the guys chronicled Esther in, the, in, the, in, the, uh, in Hebrews 11. And men and women chose to accept the word as a light in a dark place. And irrespective of what was going on around them, they chose to accept the word as truth. They believed that truth. And as a result of their faith in that truth, they framed their experience of life through the word of God. You and I call it miracles. They're not really miracles. They're just people walking by the life of God that you have. Everybody here. They're just people that have allowed themselves to be dictated to by the word of God, allow themselves to accept the word of God as truth, and rather than going into this graveyard spiral, they were able to keep their plane level and soar above the clouds because they flew with their instruments. Everybody here. It says you do well to take heed to the truth because the word is truth. Now, what is the truth as defined by the word of God concerning our salvation? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Verse 17 says, therefore... If anyone is in Christ, we've talked about being in Adam. In Adam all die. 1 Corinthians 15, 22. Everything in Adam dies. Everything that is powered by Adam dies. Amen. Every system that is powered by the Adamic philosophy dies. You know, as I was, uh, you know when I was advertising the book, um, um, it all goes back in the box last week. 
And I was talking about the, the game of Monopoly, how, you know, we lose friends over Monopoly and the whole purpose of the game of Monopoly is, um, is, is the person that has all the money at the end wins. Yeah, so we fight and, you know, we buy all the properties, you know, we buy all the locations. We think Mayfair and Park Lane are the places to have, even though people hardly land on them. But anyway, we buy those first, you know, and we build all the houses and hotels. And at the end, we are, you know, the master of the board. And then at the end of the game, we just uh, close the box and everything goes into the box. Yeah? Um, a person that plays Monopoly and, and, and lives his life on Monopoly has forgotten, has lost the plot. Yeah, because it goes beyond Monopoly, doesn't it? Yeah? We do well to take heed as a light in a dark place. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things. Everyone say all things. All things have become new. We know that in Adam all die. Everything that is powered by Adam is coming to an end. If you power your business by Adam, it's going to die. Are you with me? Because in Adam all dies. What does that mean? Well, you might have a measure of success, but you will not have significance. When I say significance, I'm talking about a significance that goes beyond the shores of this time. All right? The best you're going to have is, you know, you leave some money for your children and you, you die and gone. And then when you die, you realize that life was much more, about, much more than being about that. Uh, are, you, are you with me? Anything that is powered by Adam dies. You can have all the money in the world if you don't, if you don't invest in your family and your children. You're dead and gone, and the heritage that you are meant to have left, the spiritual heritage that you are meant to have imparted by spending time with your children will be lost forever. In Adam, all dies. If our priorities are dictated by Adam, we will find ourselves ineffective in the earth. In Adam, all dies. But the Bible says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. He's a new creation. Now, this is light in a dark place. This is reality. If any man be in Christ, how do I come into Christ? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him. The word in there is the Greek word is, which literally means believes into him. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, when we come before him and say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I can't save myself. The Bible says that through your faith, you enter into him. You are passed from death into life. You have believed into him. You have accepted him as Lord and Savior and you come into Christ. The Bible says, therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What is the reality concerning you? The, the reality concerning you is that you are a new creation. The Amplified Version says that you are a new species of being that has never existed before. You are a new species of being that has never existed before. You are not going to become a new species of being. You are a new species of being. How does that feel? When I said that, how did that feel? It didn't feel true, did it? 
for some people. Are, are you with me? It didn't, it, this is light in a dark place. You know what's happening here? Yeah? Uh, your instruments are telling you, uh, you might not, you, it, it doesn't feel like you're going in a spiral, but uh, we need to correct something. Your instruments are giving you indication. Light is shining to you in a dark place. And it's saying, you know, the light is flashing. Green, 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 pay attention, pay attention. No, 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 it doesn't feel like it. You know, there's no way that you can see this and say, I am an angry man. I'm just selfish by nature. That's the way I am. I mean, that's just the way I am. I can't help myself. Do you know what? Anybody that says that is saying, they're saying, you know, uh, I, I, am, I am paying attention to how I feel. Yeah? Now, now this is the reality. What are we going to do with the reality? The reality can change your life. It says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. You know, we looked at this verse last week at Philemon 6. In Philemon verse 6, the apostle Paul makes this statement. He says that the sharing of your faith will become effective. Everyone say effective. We want our Christian lives to be effective. We want our Christian experience to be effective. We want this Christianity that we all talk about. That is becoming in Nigeria like a badge that everyone has. We want this Christianity to be experienced and to, to, be, to be experienced in a real way in our lives. We want this Christianity to make a difference. Paul says that this faith you are talking about is going to be effective only when you do one thing. By the acknowledgement of every good thing in you in Christ. By the acknowledgement, by the acknowledgement, by the acknowledgement, by the acknowledgement of every good thing in you in Christ. And I said to acknowledge something, you have to do four things. Number one, you have to accept it. Or you have to accept it, or begin by recognizing, sorry. You have to recognize it. You have to recognize it. You have to see it first. You've got to recognize it. Before you can acknowledge something, if somebody sends me an invitation and I'm meant to acknowledge it, RSVP, I can't have the invitation on my table. I've got to look at it first. I recognize that someone has invited me to an event. I've got to recognize it. Then I've got to accept it. Then I've got to believe it and declare it. Recognize, accept, believe, declare. Recognize, accept. Recognize, accept. Believe and declare. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Not he will be a new creation. Not he hopes to be a new creation. He is a new creation. Now we need to camp there first. Everyone say, I am a new creation. Now what you need to do this week, I'm going to give certain assignments this week. What you need to do this week is spend time with this verse and accept, recognize it and accept this verse or the implications of this verse into your mind. We're talking about growing in Christ. When there is growth, there is measurement. You can quantify growth. 
You know, when my kids come to me all the time, you know, it's like, Dad, I'm taller. You know, they have this mark on the wall, you know, and they're standing there. I've grown. Thank God they're growing. Amen. We can track it. It begins by recognition of truth. Recognition of truth and acceptance of truth. Let your mind accept the reality even though it, it doesn't feel true. It feels like you are deceiving yourself. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. So you need to spend time this week, 10 minutes every day saying, you know, I am a new creation. Because I am in Christ. I am a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things. Everyone say all things. All things have become new. 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 All things. All things have passed away. My old nature is gone. A new nature has come. A new nature is not coming. A new nature has come. When you walk out that day, let, let that thought dominate your mind. When you do things that day, and you know, as we all do, we stumble and fall, and we make mistakes, and you do something that is out of character with this new nature. And the devil says, you see, you haven't changed. Let the thing that comes out of your mouth be, therefore, if any man be in Christ, is a new creation. I am a new creation in Christ. What are you doing? You are adjusting the wings of your plane, not according to the weather, but according to the instruments. According to the instruments. According to the instruments. You are educating your, your system to the truth, to the reality, the aletheia, the reality behind all reality. Now let us look at the nature of this new creation. It says all, thing, all things have passed away, Behold, all things, all things have become new. All things have become new with me. All things have become new with me. But, but what, is, what does that mean? Look at Ephesians 2 verse 10. Ephesians 2 10. Oh my goodness. Isn't it amazing? JFK Jr. did have the skills to fly with his instruments. But you know, this was the first time he was flying at night. He had his wife and his uh, sister-in-law. And he was used to there being lights, you know, that would show where he was. And on this night, there just weren't any lights on, on the ground. But he had the skills to use his instruments, but he didn't. Maybe it was the pressure of the situation. Maybe he was confused. Maybe he panicked. But he actually had the skills. And it's amazing how just that, that change of decision and focus would have changed his experience of life. Well, do, you, do you understand what I mean by that? Instead of being dead, he could have been alive today. I mean, just by just, just that minor change, that minor adjustment. You know, we think that we need some big miracle. No, we don't need a big miracle. We just need a minor adjustment. Are you with me? A minor adjustment to what you are allowing your heart to believe. Bringing your heart to an alignment with truth. You know, I was talking to some uh, young men yesterday. And I said that, you know, in the earth today, 
there are certain illusions. And one of the greatest illusions is this thing called the illusion of limited resources. Yeah? You have an illusion that your resources are limited. So you feel, you know, I can't do anything about my life because I don't have the knowledge, I don't have the time, and I don't have the money. And I was saying to them that what I've learned is that that is an illusion. Do you know there's actually a lot more money on the earth than you imagine? Yeah? And do you know that you don't need the money if you are connected with people that have the money? There are some people, I mean, I've come across people that are saying, you know, we've got a lot of money and we, we, we have been, we have millions and millions of naira to fund the right businesses. And our sponsors are saying that you're not spending any money. But we are sitting on the money because we are looking for the right people. And then the right people are walking around saying, you know, there's no money, oh. It's an illusion. Do you know that you don't need the knowledge if you are connected with people with the right knowledge? Do you know you don't need the time if you have a team of people that are dedicating their time to make your dream come to pass? Do you know that? And I'll say to them, you know, there's such an illusion in the earth. Now, in like manner, when it comes to be in Christ, there's such an illusion. And until we begin to adjust to the reality... Our experience will be very different. Your experience of life can change if we just change what we are focusing on. And start training our hearts to align itself with the reality of truth. Look at Ephesians 2 verse 10. This is the second assignment and then I'll close. Ephesians 2.10 says... It says, for we are his workmanship. Everyone say his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. If you remember in Ezekiel, where, the, where God was saying, you know what I'm going to do in this new covenant is that I am going to cleanse them. I am going to put my spirit in them. I am going to make them like me. I am going to put my word within them. Well, Ephesians 2.10 says, we are not our workmanship, but we are what? His workmanship. We are the product of his design. One translation says we are his masterpiece. We are his masterpiece. Everyone say, I am his masterpiece. Oh, how did you feel when you said that? Felt like you're deceiving yourself, right? For some of us. Because you don't feel like a masterpiece. It says the reality behind all apparent reality is that when you came into Christ, the Bible says that you are his masterpiece, his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Has anyone ever done any pottery? Well, if you haven't done pottery, you've at least watched, um, what's the name of this movie that they had years ago? Ghost. Ghost of other movie watches in the house. How, how did you know that was what I was thinking about? Ghost, where she was a, uh, she was a, she was a potter, and she, si she sat behind the pottery wheel, and she was making this, uh, okay, I won't go into that scene too deeply, but anyway, she was making this, uh, this pot, and, and she was making it out of clay, right? And, and she, you know, she had this wheel and she was, you know, you could see that the, 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 the pot was being made from the clay. Now, now the Bible says that you are his workmanship. So he is the potter. You are the clay. Are you with me? And it says that you are, you, it's all him. The, the, the handiwork is his product. Now notice he says that you are his workmanship 
created in Christ Jesus. So using that clay analogy, Christ is the clay. He is the substance from which he is carving you out. Are you with me? It says that God sat down behind the wheel and began to mold you out of Christ. It says you are his workmanship. You are his handiwork created in Christ for good works. For good works. That is the purpose of this creation. For good works. And you will fulfill your purpose because that is why you were created. Now it says that you are the workmanship of God created in Christ for good works. Which God had previously ordained that you should walk in. He had pre-planned it, he had ordained it, and then he created you in Christ. And that's good, that's, that's, it says, that handiwork is finished. You are the workmanship of God. You are the product of God's design. It's not work in progress. Oh, I'm seeing some sacred cows falling over dead now. He didn't say it was work in progress, did he? He says you are the product of God's design. Now, now, that is what we need to adjust to. So when you are thinking about the fact that you are a new creation in Christ, this verse gives clarity concerning what this new creation is. I am the handiwork of God created in Christ Jesus unto good works. I have been created for good works. I am the product of the Father's design. The substance of my spiritual being is the substance of Jesus Christ himself. Now, now, you're going to have to preach this to yourself. Recognize, accept, believe, declare. Recognize, accept, believe, declare. Recognize, accept, believe, declare. You're going to have to spend time with this. Just these two verses. Just these two verses. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. And there's no way I'm going to... Um, let me just give you this as a... You know, just let's just start on this one. We're not going to finish this today. We're talking about growing in him. In Adam all die, but in Christ all shall be made alive. This is where it begins. Redemption... The purpose of redemption, the reason why Christ hung on that cross naked and despised the shame was because he saw the joy that was set before him. The joy that was set before him was through his death and burial and resurrection and ascension, a new creation was going to be born. You are that new creation. You are that new creation. Now, this new creation has been given power to become. Power to become. Power to become power to become the new creation is the beginning a new life a new birth but we'll not become anything until we recognize accept believe and declare as we begin to recognize accept believe and declare the power of the new creation will begin to express itself in our lives are you with me look at second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 it says, but we all, everyone say all. This is for all of us. It says, but we all with unveiled face, 
beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed onto the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. You know, everybody ought to memorize 2 Corinthians 3.18 because it tells you the pattern of spiritual growth. The way you and I grow spiritually, this is how we do it. Not any other way. This is it. If you read the Amplified Version, and all of you have an Amplified Bible, right? Because you've all bought it from the bookstore. If you read the Amplified Version of 2 Corinthians 3.18, can we have the Amplified up there, please? It says, but we all, because we continued to behold in the Word of God, as in a, as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being changed into His glory from, from um, into His own image, in ever-increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another, which comes from the Lord who is that spirit. It says, but we all, as, because we continue to what? Behold in the word of God as in a mirror of the what? The glory of the Lord. You know, the word of God is a revelation of truth, reality. This word of God is showing us like a mirror, the glory of God. It's showing us who we are in Christ. And as we continue to behold it, to behold, in other words, means to recognize, accept, believe, and declare. Everyone say recognize, accept, believe, and declare. It says as we continue to behold in the word this glory that is in us, we are constantly being changed. The change means our expression changes. The word transformed is the Greek word metamorpho, where we get the English word metamorphosis. Everyone know what metamorphosis is? How many of you did, you did biology? How many of you remember your biology? Metamorphosis is the process where, that, that, where, that a tadpole undergoes to become a frog. Metamorphosis is the process that a caterpillar undergoes to become a butterfly. Are you with me? Yeah? Now, the caterpillar and the butterfly have the same life. Don't they? But when you look at a caterpillar and you look at a butterfly, they're very different. I mean, they're very different in what they eat. They're very different in how they look. They're very different in whether you want to hang out with it or not. And then what we do is we say to the, to the, we say to the caterpillar, you, are a, you need to be a butterfly. Here are some wings. Attach. That, that's, not what, that's not what metamorphosis does. They don't have butterfly shops where they have wings. And they say, you know, you want to be a butterfly? Come attach a wing. Shandai. Are you with me? They said, no, you've got to keep feeding on the, on the leaves. And then something happens as you begin to feed. As you begin to recognize, accept, believe, and declare. Recognize, accept, believe, and declare. He says, because we continue to behold. You know, we're trying to do everything but behold. And we want to be changed. No, that is not the way of growth. We're trying to do. No, he gave you power to become, not the power to do. He gave you power to become. Power to become. Power to become, not the power to do. We want to attach butterfly wings. We don't want to behold. Recognize, accept, believe, and declare. 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 When everyone is criticizing the, the caterpillar, it just keeps eating. Say, yeah, I'm a caterpillar. I fall on my face every time. Look at the way I walk. I waddle. 
I don't fly. But he keeps eating. And then something begins to happen. He begins to metamorphosize as he beholds. The life on the inside begins to change its external expression. That life didn't just come in. You know, through laying on of hands, the anointing, Shandai. Yeah. He began, he, he just continued to feed. And his body began to change and respond. His thinking, his mind, the whole, his whole experience began to change. Because the life on the inside began to become his light. You know, in him was life and the life was the light of men. The life produced a change on the inside. It produced development and illumination. And all of a sudden, the wings began to pop out and began to fly. It was the same old thing. But he fed. Are you with me? The Bible says that because you and I continue to behold in the mirror, the word of God is not meant to be an instruction manual. The word of God is meant to be a mirror into the glory of God for you to see who you are in Christ. That's what the word of God is. It is a mirror to see yourself in Christ, not anything else. If you have seen anything else from the word of God, then you have missed what the word of God is about. The word of God is meant to be a doorway into the mirror of the glory of God. Not showing you how you are meant to behave, but showing you who you are in him. Everybody here. And it says, we are changed from one level of glory. One level of expression of the glory of God to another and this happens by the Spirit of God. This is all God, people. We are His workmanship created in Christ. His Spirit, as we behold ourselves in Him in the Word of God, is the one that causes our external expression to change. As we recognize, accept, believe, and declare, the communication of our faith will become effective. Will become effective. Our assignment this week it's 2 Corinthians 5.17 and Ephesians 2.10. Spend 10 minutes every morning reading, accepting, and thinking about the implications of that. Never put it in the future, put it in the present. Because those verses are in the present. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. We are the workmanship of God created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We are created in Christ. Let your mind accept the implications of that. Think about ghosts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And let the life on the inside affect your outside. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for the word of God. We thank you because this is a light in a dark place. We thank you because we can adjust our orientation and our wings with the light we see. Lord, we thank you because we have peace with you. And Lord, we thank you because the answer to every need is that you have, you have birthed us in Christ. In Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus that you open the eyes of our understanding. We ask that by the Holy Spirit, the eyes of our hearts will be flooded with light so that we see who we are and what we have in you. That we may walk in the reality of the sons of God. In Jesus' name, amen.